For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. From the Crusaders to the Rams and the Tactics to the Magicians, it's your home for Canterbury sport. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Good morning and welcome along to the first Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives years. I'm your host, Frankie Mackay, and every Saturday morning here on SENZ between 7 and 8, we're going to talk all things Canterbury sport, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Of course, with this being a show about Canterbury, I'm expecting that there's going to be way more good than anything else. We've got a bumper show coming up. There's a truckload of sport going on at the moment. I know Tom Walsh, he's throwing the shot, his first throw, 21.98. And that throw is better than anyone else's PB in the field. So good signs for Tom. We'll try and keep you updated throughout the show with his progress. Overnight as well in Birmingham, we've managed to pick up two more bronze medals for the tally. Bronze in the bowls, women's triples. And to Taylor Ford, bronze in the 68 kilo freestyle wrestling. So big congrats to both of those. There's a heap more going on as well. The Black Caps have just beaten the Netherlands. Unfortunately, women's hockey in Birmingham, they will now be playing off for bronze after losing in a penalty shootout after being nil all at full time. We'll keep you updated with the inside word from Birmingham. The Canterbury boys, they got their NPC season started last night with a big win over the Manawatu Turbos. Just after 7.30, we'll be catching up with Captain Billy Harmon to get his thoughts on the game and see how he's pulled up as well after what was a pretty willing encounter. We're going to talk some basketball today ahead of a massive game for the Canterbury Rams. We'll chat with Coach Judd Flavel and find out exactly what they need to do to sneak themselves into the playoffs. We've got a panel discussion coming up as well with some of the most knowledgeable folk going around in George Berry and Jordan Oppert. Put them in the hot seat, give them a a little taste of, of what's to come with the show. I might be a little bit biased as well to the best segment of the show, but I will have a Frankie's Five segment coming your way this week. It's going to change up from time to time, but this week it's going to be the five things you need to watch this weekend, you need to get eyeballs on. So we have got absolutely heaps coming to you this hour. So let's crack into it. Our first guest joins us all the way from Birmingham, a White Ferns veteran with 147 appearances next to her name. She's competing at her first Commonwealth Games, and a big thank you and warm welcome to White Ferns all-rounder and friend of the show, Leah Tahuhu. Leah, how does it feel to be the first ever interview here on the Enterprise Sports uh, Canary Sports Corner? Yeah, morning, Frank. Look, it's a, it's a nice privilege to be the first person chatting to you. <laughs> Pleased to hear it. Now, men's cricket featured at the Commonwealth Games way back in 1998. New Zealand side able to pick up a bronze. I hear from Craig McMillan all the time about this bronze medal. So with the White Ferns a chance into the semi-finals now, there's a chance to go even better than bronze. But before we get into the cricket chat, I, I want to hear from you about the Commonwealth Games experience. It, it was announced a year or so ago now that cricket was going, going to feature women's cricket the first time at the Games. There's been a lot of excitement from the girls in the group, those that were, had a chance to be selected. How, how's it lived up to that expectation so far? 
Yeah, it's been amazing. I think um, obviously we got to get along to the opening ceremony, which sort of kick-started everything off and um, got everyone pretty excited. And um, from there, you know, we're, there's sort of um, three different villages going on here in, in Birmingham. So we're actually um, not in the main village, but we're uh, only a couple of k's away. So we can head down there and sort of catch up with the rest of the New Zealand team uh, and all the other athletes. A few of the young girls have been happy to see Cody Simpson walking around the the village and there's been a few photos taken and autographs signed and that sort of stuff. So it's um, it's a pretty special environment to be a part of, uh, being you know part of the New Zealand team as a whole instead of just your um, your cricket team for once. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's been anyone that's been a little bit uh, starstruck by some of the names over there. Yeah, probably just Fran Jonas mostly. I'm happy to see <laughs> Cody Simpson from his, his pop star days. I don't even know any of the songs he's sung, so that's showing my age. Yeah, and, and showing her her lack of age as well, I think. Now, that opening ceremony, we, we look at it from afar and it, and it looks a pretty impressive spectacle. Is is that the same when you're right in the in the middle of it? What what was it like? Yeah, it was pretty cool um, walking out there. Uh, we only actually did sort of 100 metres of the track um, and then we were departing early because we did have a game um, to sort of get ready for. Uh, but a couple of the staff stayed on and, and well and truly enjoyed it. But... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a heck of a vibe, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think there were 30-odd thousand people and, and the cheering and the music's going and um, your sort of heart rate got up a little bit as you sort of um, enter the arena and do your walk waving to everyone. And, yeah, it was um, a pretty special moment in life. And have you had the chance to, to get out and watch some of the other sports as well? As an athlete, does your, does your athlete pass get you into to all the venues to just go and watch what you want when you want? Uh, we have to order tickets so we don't get into everything. Um, we can get into any cricket game, which is obviously handy for doing some scouting. Um, but we have managed to, to get to some three-on-three basketball um, that was earlier um, in the week and watched a little bit of volleyball. Uh, a few of us went to some hockey games. So, yeah, we've had a, a bit of downtime between games. So we've been able to, to get out and sort of um, cheer on the rest of the New Zealand team. And you mentioned earlier that experience of, of being involved in a, in a wider New Zealand team. I guess for the White Ferns, normally the big events, you're heading to a, a Cricket World Cup where it's a pretty small, close-knit group. But, but has it been a really cool experience to be involved, I guess, in, in wider Team New Zealand and, and part of something bigger? Yeah, it has. You're sort of, um, you know, you're wearing your New Zealand team kit all the time and um, you go down to some of the other villages or, or see people on the streets who are in the kit as well and, you know, it's a really friendly um, situation. You stop and you say hello, you ask how their event's going and, and that sort of stuff. So it's, um, it's been really cool. And I have heard that there's been a little bit of pin hunting going on. Have you been one of the ones that's been uh, trading pins left, right and centre or, or is it more the younger ones that have got into that? Yeah, I must say the younger ones have um, generally got into that. I did send uh, young Eden Carson off to try and find me uh, a few pins that had animals on them uh, that I can give to my daughter Grace when I, when I see her. Um, but no, I haven't been one who's uh, going around asking for the pins. I've sort of been giving them to the young ones and letting them have their fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty cool idea to, to kind of meet and greet a little bit of an icebreaker, but it does seem to be a competition where actually there's... There's teenagers everywhere. It seems every team's got a young superstar coming through. We've got a couple of youngsters as well and a couple of new faces there as well. How, how have you th- thought they've been going? Yeah, I think if we look at someone like Fran Jonas, she's taken the new ball and the games that she's played so far and she's done a fantastic job with that, um, creating opportunities and, and obviously getting a big wicket in the last game there. And um, Eden Carson's taken it, you know, taken to international cricket like a duck to water. Um, nothing seems to phase these young kids these days and they sort of just get on with what they're asked to get on with and um, they fit into the environment really well.
in game one and, and game two, look, they were excellent, dominant wins, which really took the pressure off your side as well. Locked in a semi-final spot with with a game to play. Susie Bates, excellent once again with ball in hand and and uh, with bat in hand, sorry, and and I think a pretty disciplined effort with with ball in hand from your side. Yeah, obviously those first two games um, starting out were always going to be really important for us to to get off to a good start and look to book ourselves into a, a semi-final and. I think Susie's done what she's always done for this team. Um, you know, the only person to score three and a half thousand T20 runs. It's uh, fairly impressive from her, and she carries on her merry way. And uh, yeah, I think with the ball, Sophie's been leading the way with that. Um, Hayley Jensen's been outstanding. Um, you know, she's looking to to bowl a slightly fuller length and get the ball swinging. And at the moment, that's um, really working for her. Yeah, in game three, I do unfortunately have to touch on it. A disappointing loss to England. Is that the kind of game that, that you almost just have to try and forget happened? Or, or are you the kind of team that's going to sit down and, and pull it apart a little bit and really talk it over ahead of uh, a big semi-final against Australia? Yeah, look, I think individually we've probably gone back and, and had a look at that and, and what didn't go so well for us. Um, there weren't a heap of positives to take out of it, obviously, but uh, we've certainly looked back at it. Uh, but the competition's moving so fast that you sort of have to put it aside and move on, uh, looking forward to Australia, which we know is going to be a really important game um, at some point you knew you were going to come up against Australia and have to beat them if you if you want to progress or if you want to get a medal so um, we're in that situation slightly earlier than we would have liked but um, hopefully tomorrow we can get over the line and, and put them into the bronze medal match. Yeah how good would that be I'm, I'm actually going to say I did get asked for my predictions ahead of this Commonwealth Games and I said that we were going to meet Australia in the semi-final we were actually going to be the team to knock them out so if you could do that that would be lovely because it'll make me look like I, I know exactly what I'm talking about but uh, that semi-final against Australia coming up 5am New Zealand time so the Hardy fans will be out watching and supporting first time back in the semi-finals of a world event for the White Ferns since 2016 what do you have to do to beat this Aussie side? Look, I think we just have to be extremely disciplined um, in all facets of the game. Um, we've obviously got an extremely talented batting lineup. So from a bowling point of view, uh, we've put some plans together and we went to training today and, and looked at trying to implement them. And um, I think it's our batting unit getting us off to a good start. And, um, you know, there's no hiding from the fact that our openers are, are pretty vital to us. So um, hopefully if the two old girls up top can get going, they'll put us in a, in a good place with the bat. Yeah, and I did I did say to you during the week as well, I wanted to see you with the pads on from, from the 10th or 12th over. I didn't quite mean it from the perspective of what we got in the last game, but I will be looking into the dugout, hoping to see the openers put on a big stand and you with the pads on ready to go to try and belt some into the stands. But, of course, you've got an Aussie on your side now, don't you, in, in coach Ben Sawyer. How's he been, been fitting into the side? And has he given you any kind of little inside knowledge, inside tips as, as to how to knock these Aussies over? Yeah, he's been great. Um, I think he's a, an extremely planned coach. Um, we knew that, you know, I guess with him coming in, that that was going to be the case. And um, he's certainly given us a bit of intel into the Australians. But to be fair, that we've played them enough. Um, their team doesn't change too much. Uh, we know exactly what we're coming up against and, and exactly what we need to do. So now it's about us going out there and performing those skills to the best of our ability and putting on a good show to um, hopefully knock them over. I actually think that the, the Aussie side have looked a little vulnerable this, this series as well. I think they look a little short of cricket, and if you could get through that top order, I, I think that you are a red-hot chance to, to knock them out. Is it, is it a really exciting time? Is, is, it this, is this the stage you're starting to dream of, actually, we could be up on top of the dice singing the national anthem, gold medals round our necks in, in just a few days' time? 
yeah, look, it's hard to not have those thoughts, I guess. But as much as you can, you try and put them to the side a little bit, knowing that you got to take each game as it comes. And, um, you know, there's none bigger than tomorrow. We know that the Australians are number one. They're the favourites uh, and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. So uh, there'll be nothing better than them being the underdog and being able to, to come through and, and beat them to be able to go through to that gold and silver match. Yeah, well, that's almost where, as New Zealand sides, we, te- we tend to thrive, isn't it, that, that underdog status? And I'm sure you guys will be well and truly up for that match. Leah Tahuhu of the White Ferns, thank you so much for your time. But I have got one final question for you. If you had to pick another event to be competing in at the Commonwealth Games, what would it be? Uh, we were actually talking about this the other day, so it's funny you asked that. Um, I'm going to say the 100-metre sprint. Oh, that's the easy one, isn't it? That's that's exactly <laughs> what I had you pegged for. Fastest in the team has said, yeah, I'll take the glory event 100-metre sprint. Love to hear it. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for your time, Leah. It's been, look, it's been awesome, awesome to chat. And you have been a brilliant first guest for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner as well. Best of luck from us here at SCNZ. We'll be cheering you, you and the team on the whole way. Thanks, Frank. Thanks very much for having me. That was Leah Tahuhu, all the way from Birmingham, ahead of the White Ferns semi-final. Look, it's time for a quick break here, and we will be back soon to talk everything Canterbury Rams basketball. Time to talk a little bit of basketball, and we have got a big game coming up today for the Canterbury Rams. They take on the Hawks Bay Hawks, 3pm today in Napier. It's the last game of the regular season, and it's win or go home time. There's a lot of permutations that are going on around it, and exactly where they can end up placing uh, in, in the final tally. But joining me this morning is Coach Judd Flavel to talk through everything that the Rams need to do. Morning, Judd, and thank you very much for, for joining us here today. Uh, no problem, yeah, and good morning to you. Now, there is a, a lot of permutations going on. The Rams could end up, end up as high as fourth or as low as eighth, I think, with a loss, if my maths is correct, which, which is probably asking a bit. Is it as simple today as win? and the rest will take care of itself? Or, or are you starting to look into the numbers and trying to win by more than two and, and everything alongside that? Yeah, I, I mean, everybody knows the formula. I guess everybody's well aware that we need to win by three. Um, I mean, when we get out and play the game, you know, we just got to go and do the do the little things that we can uh, control. And, and then when it starts getting closer, obviously, to the end of the game, you start to those things might come into the equation, but hopefully not. Hopefully it's, uh, it's a little bit more than that and we can be a little bit uh, less stress-free. Um, the obviously lose and, and that's it for us. And, you know, it's the, the same as kind of for a number of teams. So, yeah, there's a, there's a number of teams here hanging on to the last game and, and, and you know, this is a do or die for, uh, I think, four, four of the teams that are remaining or five of the teams that are remaining and the fight for the last three spots. Yeah, which is what you want from a competition, really, for, for everything to come down to that last game. I will admit, I don't think I've ever heard the term mini ladder used as much as I have over the last week and, and trying to work out exactly who sits where and if what happens. But, I, I mean, I, I know that the the guys themselves, they're pretty up for it. They're, over the last couple of weeks, they've been very excited. There's been a lot of chat in the gym, especially around who's going to finish where and, and who's available for what games and, and everything going on. Is that is that kind of the mood that you've seen from the team this week? Oh, for us, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we've kind of had a bit of a bumpy season, I guess, just with um, player availability. Uh, we <laughs> had a game where the whole coaching staff was out for a game. 
Uh, we need a lot of our players to be coaching the game, like um, and just yeah, due to I guess international duties and and players being and or you had three season-ending injuries to players, so um, you know, but it's been a, a rocky ride, I guess. Um, but we've managed to get ourselves to this point, and everybody is just focused on this last game and. I think um, this is all we wanted was to be able to control our own destiny, so to speak, and, and just give ourselves every chance to, to get there. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, a number of teams going to be in that same position. It makes for a great competition. And, obviously, yeah, I think that talk of who's going to make it has been going probably for the last month just because our, everybody could see just how tight the ladder was. Yeah, you, you must be you must be pretty pleased with the coach as well. The performance in the last game against the Sharks, I think they were just starting to come into into good form and play their their best basketball all season. They finally looked like they some got they'd got some rhythm. And, and your side, the Canterbury Rams, they just came out and and blew them off the court. That has to be a, a pleasing performance for a coach heading into must win game, the last game of the season. Oh, most definitely. I think it's a great chance. Like we just. Finally got Sunday and Taylor back, oh, um, you know, from, from being away. And, and I guess we have, you know, um, spent now like another week together. You know, we've got a little bit of stability. And I think that word in itself was something that we sort of struggled to have over the last month or so. So to come in and obviously it was a bit of a danger game. The Sharks had nothing to really play for, but just try to be the spoilers. Uh, but we kind of took care of business in the first half and, and that was enough to kind of, you know, I, I guess take the wind out of their sail and, and then, yeah, we, you know, we did, we, we managed to keep the foot down and that was pleasing to push that from 20, 30, you know, up to 50 points. So by the end, um, yeah, and, and obviously total different scenario. We're going to face a team with the Hawks that are fighting for their season as well. So, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, the, it's going to be a tight one. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough contest. Yeah, both teams' form over the last five games has been a little patchy. Three losses, two wins apiece. What kind of basketball are you expecting from the from the Hawks? Who are their big threats? Yeah, I mean they've had um, they've missed the player as well with international duties, and I think that a little bit of disruption. I think they've kind of felt that. They've had a new player, Jack Salt, who played for the Rams last season, come and join them over the last month. Um, you know, so they're probably in in a, in a way, I guess, uh, searching for some continuity as well. And um, But look, they, they are a team that likes to get up and down. They have a lot of experience. Um, they are probably more, you know, very fluid in the offense and, and very aggressive and um, so they've got a lot of weapons there that they can call upon. Uh, we're, we're probably a little bit more systematic and knowing who our targets are. But, um, look, they're, they're going to be a team that's, that's aggressive, um, really try to keep the pace as high as they can. And, yeah, I think those, those are some of the keys for us to try to, um, you know, for the game to go our way is really control the tempo of this one and, and just making sure, making sure that uh, yeah, we really look after the basketball, so we don't give them a chance of, of getting out and run, um, you know, and, and try to starve them off those uh, opportunities. You mentioned a couple of of injuries and that slight 
disjointed feel to the season with players coming and going and, and international duty thrown in the middle of it as well. That injury to, to Max Darling, sustained while he was away on international duty, it, that's that's a pretty big blow to the side, isn't it? He was leading scorer the last time these two teams met. How, how do you deal with that, or how do you try and try and cover his absence? Well, the good, the, the good news is, obviously, we've had a month without him, so we, we've gone through the adjustment period I guess of reshaping some of the the, the things that we're doing on the court um, he, he was a huge focus and, and leading into the season he was I guess shaping a lot of what we were doing on the offensive end um, as you said you know key piece and key part of the offense leading scorer in the last game so um, without him we've had to we've had to sort of you know do things a little different uh, we Matt Moy has been coming. He's come into the starting lineup. So, you know, basketball is um, obviously a game where you can do a number of things out there. And we've really started to key in on what Matt can do really well. Uh, he's such a good screener and roller to the basket, and and it's given us, uh, you know, over the last month, I guess we've gone through relearning exactly what we've got, and and then starting to build with it. And, and although the results. You know, we, we weren't necessarily getting the results. We knew that we were training in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I think we're playing, at this point, we're playing a much better uh, form of basketball than what we were the first time we met the Hawks. So, and, and so are they. You know, everybody at this time of the year are playing their best basketball. So, um, you know, this is what makes this matchup you now so good today. Yeah, it does. It does seem to feel like after a slightly disjointed season, as you'd mentioned, it feels like it is all coming together at the right time for the Rams, which is which is exciting and exactly what you want. I've got a coach question to finish this interview off with. Mm. Scores are tied, yeah. 10 seconds left. You're drawing up a play. You're going for the easy two to make sure you get the win, maybe leaving it up to other results to see if you get through to finals basketball, or are you going for three? You're going to lock in a final spot. Oh, let's hope that the, no Hawks fans are listening to this or, or coaching <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, look, I, I think uh, in that situation there, we're going to take the, the easiest basket that we can get. Uh, ideally, the first look, you want to try to get the three-point win. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I guess there's a, probably a few other factors that are out there on the court, like who do we have on the court for us? Uh, who do they have? Um, so... Yes, it's obviously if we can get the three-point win, that's the ideal scenario. And hopefully it doesn't come down to being that close as well. We'd love to see a win. We'll take it any way it comes, but we'd love to see another blowout win like we did last week against the Southland Sharks. Well, Judd, look, it's been awesome to chat. Thank you so much for your time this morning. And look, best of luck to you and the guys today. We're hoping to see you in that final series. Okay, thank you very much and appreciate it. That was Coach Judd Flavel from the Canterbury Rams. A big game coming up for them today, 3pm in Napier. Need to win to try and sneak through to that final series. Need to win by three to make sure it's guaranteed and no other results can come into play. I have got more good news as well just before we take a quick break. It is in the shot put. New Zealand have gone 1-2. They've gone silver and bronze. Uh, silver and gold, sorry. Jacko Gill has thrown a PB 
21.9 metres. That has snuck him into the silver medal. And Canterbury lad Tom Walsh, he is the Commonwealth Games champion once again. Gold medal for him, 22.26 metres, New Zealand's 17th gold. An outstanding morning for the New Zealand side once again. And a big congrats to Tom Walsh from us here at SENZ. We'll take a quick break here and we will be back with Frankie's Five. It's time for Frankie's Five. That's right. It is time for Frankie's Five. Brought to you by South Island Forklifts for all your forklift needs. Well, each week I'll be bringing you something different. Five of something, that's the brief. But this week, it's five things you need to watch. Five things you just should not miss. First up, number one, Paul Cole. He's competing in the mixed doubles now with Joel King over in Birmingham. He's through to the quarterfinals against Scotland's Rory Stewart and Georgia Adelaide. This morning, tune in and watch him and Joel go to work. It's a sport I don't normally see a lot of, don't spend a lot of time watching it, but I have absolutely loved it. Entertainment Plus and have been some absolute nail-biters. Paul Cole's already got a gold medal from the singles. Joelle King is chasing her first medal of the Games after missing out on bronze in the singles. She's also competing in the women's doubles. So a busy programme for her. But look, check it out. You will not regret spending your time watching a little bit of squash. Number two, uh, Kelly O'Hagan, a good friend and a Canterbury representative as well. She's going for gold in the women's high jump final. 9.17pm tonight, the action gets started. A PB of a metre 88 means she could challenge for a medal in her very first Commonwealth Games appearance. Heading away from the Com Games now for number three and on to some live sport here in Christchurch. Go and check it out. The Red Devils, Canterbury's ice hockey team, take on the Dunedin Thunder in a doubleheader this weekend. 4.30pm Saturday and Sunday at the Alpine Sports Centre. The Red Devils, they're 5-3 so far this season and won both previous matches against the Thunder. So I think a really good way to spend some time on possibly a little bit of a rainy weekend here in Christchurch. Number four, it's the Farah Palmer Cup. Canterbury women are taking on the county's Manukau Heat today, 11.35am. Canterbury are top of the table, two from two so far, coming off the bye weekend and wanting to go three from three. The Heat only have one win from their three games, but both teams are stacked with talent, love playing running rugby, and there's a few names in there trying to make a big impression ahead of the Women's Rugby Home World Cup at the end of this year. And number five, last but not least... I'm calling it Super Sport Sunday. The All Blacks take on South Africa 3.05 a.m. kickoff, and straight after that, it's the White Ferns taking on Australia in their semi final. First ball, 5 a.m. Look, you may as well get up, make a morning of it, sleep the rest of the day if you need to. They are two games you do not want to miss. So that's it. That's Frankie's Five, brought to you by South Island Forklifts for all your forklift needs. S E N Z. Now, it is time to talk a little bit of rugby now. It's time to go to code. Now, the Canterbury Rugby Update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. Canterbury got their season underway with a comprehensive 62-15 to 15 win over the Manawatu Turbos. And this morning, we are very lucky to be joined by Captain Billy Harmer. Billy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You must be a pretty happy skipper after game one. Yeah, uh, good morning. Yeah, not a uh, not a bad way to kick off the season. Um, you know, you can't really ask for much more for season opener. So um, great to get it underway in, in that style. Yeah, absolutely. How are you feeling this morning? It was a pretty pretty physical encounter, especially early on. Is is that what you expected from the Turbos? Uh, yeah, Turbos is always a team that 
you know, we always end up in a bit of a scrap with. So um, we knew that they were going to be physical. Uh, they always get up for us, but the body's not too bad. Um, bit tired this morning, but uh, pretty standard, really. And for yourself, it must be a pretty nice loose forward trio to be part of, getting those three guys, three of yourselves back together. Yeah, it has, has been pretty handy. Um, and, you know, we've still got, you know, so much talent um, left to bring on as well. We've got Corey Keller, Dom Gardner, and then we've got the likes of Reed Princip, who uh, still just battling away with a wee niggle. So um, to think about that sort of line-up is, is pretty uh, sport for choice, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and something noticeable is is how much of the position you had during that game. At the 20-minute mark, you'd had 83% of the position. At halftime, that still sat at 78%. Is is that pretty indicative of the style of rugby that, that you're wanting to play this season? Uh, yeah, I think Marty Burke, he's come in and he's, he's just given the boys a lot of confidence just to play, you know, what we see... Um, you know, he he's all for the boys having a crack. Uh, he backs everyone to make the right decisions. So, um, and you know, having the likes of uh, Fergberg, who was, um, you know, he was pretty incredible form last night. So, him running the cutter, he's always keen to have a crack. So, I think that's just sort of what showed on the weekend. Yeah, clearly hates uh, a long range solo effort against the turbos. Does <laughs> does Fergus Burke? But some yeah, brilliance that wasn't thrown too bad, in. Was it? Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty handy effort in your first game. But you mentioned, you touch on uh, Marty moving into the head coach role this season. How, how's pre-season been? How's it all been going? There's a few other new faces in the coaching staff as well. How have, how have they slotted in? Uh, Marty Burke, he's, he's coming and he's actually slotted in really well. So he's obviously with us last year, um, just covering the attack. But now he's fully in charge and... Uh, he's got a good he's got a good mindset around rugby. He's massive around um, just getting what you need. If if we've been doing something um, and we're just doing it because he's you know he questions everything like that and potentially change that. Um, but he's just massive on the boys just being themselves, having fun, um, and just going out there enjoying it, playing footy. Yeah, I think I think that comes through loud and clear. Really, it's only one game in. I was I was really impressed in, in the style. I, I thought the the rolling mall was really clinical, was dominant throughout that performance. The set piece worked well, and, and really cool to get a couple of debutants on as well. Game one of the season, did did they impress you? I I thought they got involved really well throughout the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Seb, come on, did really well, and then we have uh, Will Goltz, who's He's actually become quite iconic in the team already in such a short space. He's uh, he's an absolute character, and geez, he's been playing well even through pre-season. Then comes on and gets a try, creates an offload. Um, yeah, he's got the. I don't know what it is, but he just always seems to be in the right space at the right time. Yeah, handy skill to have, and from debutants to some returning faces as well. How good to have Willie Hines and, and Owen Franks back. Yeah, it's pretty massive, um, especially Owen just called in, you know, last minute. So been able to bring in someone, you know, that experienced is um, pretty lucky, really. And then Willie Hines, yeah, he's been awesome. He's been playing um, unreal for a bit of an old dog, so it's good to have his experience in there. And 
for you, what what does the day after a game or, or the days following a game look like for, for you and the side? Does anything stick out as uh, a work on you need to take into this week? Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. We'll obviously probably re- we're lucky we've got a long turnaround, so we'll review the game over the next, you know, today and tomorrow. Um, but, you know, there'll be a lot of learnings for us. Uh, you know, Manawatu, they did create um, quite a bit of go-forward ball, so it'll just be thinking ahead to Wellington. You know, they've got an awesome attacking team, so um, we can't really allow that um, sort of stuff to go on. So we'll be just trying to tighten up some stuff around that. And, of course, double-header next week, the Canterbury women play play the first game of the day. You follow against Wellington. What what can we expect from Wellington, and, and are you looking forward to getting back out and, and running out at home? Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to being back at home. Um, you know, going back to Marty, who has a massive drive to, you know, create a lot more fan engagement, um, a lot more connection through our community. So being able to have the chance to be back at home is going to be massive for us. And, um, yeah, Wellington, they've just got so much attacking threat all over the park. So um, for us, it's just about staying on and defence not giving them anything around that. Yeah, look, it's been a brilliant start to the season for your side, Billy. Thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the recovery day today, and, and we'll catch up again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That was Canterbury captain Billy Harmon after his side's opening win. I was seriously impressed, especially the first half, and, and hopefully good signs for the remainder of the season for the Canterbury side. This Canterbury rugby update Brought to you by Kevlar Homes, helping build the future of Canterbury Rugby. Kevlar Homes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. Not long left in the show now. Another quick ad break, and then it's on to the panel to wrap things up. 7.47, we are on the run home, and it is time for the panel now. Proudly sponsored by Melray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Time to talk all kinds of Canterbury sport. I'm joined by TVNZ reporter Jordan Oppett and journalist George Berry. A big welcome to you both. Let's get straight into it. Let's get cracking. Onto the stadium, $683 million, fixed price, 30,000 seats. It has got a roof. Yay or nay? Opening end of 2025 is now what I'm hearing. George, is, is that a win? Is that as good as we could hope for? Oh, get on with it, surely. Get on with it. Uh, I was down in Eden last week for um, an Otago game and just the difference you had compared to the five or six other games I knew, I knew that were going on around the country at the time was just unbelievable. So no, it can't come soon enough for me, Frankie. Jordan, any any reservations around it or is it just, just time to get it done? No, absolutely, just get it done. Morning, Frankie and George. I'm exactly the same as George when he said, just get it done. It's exactly what I would have said. I mean, enough chat about it now. Um, You know, it has been passed. It's not going to get any cheaper. It's only going to get delayed more the longer it sits around. So just get it up. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people with you on that one as well. How about, Jordan, how about Canterbury's opening win, MPC? Were you impressed, happy with what you saw? Maybe a sign that, that this team could be the one that goes back to title winning ways? 
Exactly what happened, you know. What a scoreline. A hell of a start to the season. I mean, they have got one of the most stacked sides, both uh, the men's team, the NPC, and the Farrah Palmer Cup as well. I think Canterbury always does well to have such a, a solid side. Um, good to see George Bridge get a couple of meat pies. Obviously, a disappointing um, not getting picked for the All Blacks again. So to come out and do something like that. Uh, the return of Owen Franks and Willie Hines, a couple of old dogs who are back in, you know, back in the Canterbury setup, can only mean good things for the, the younger players as well. So what a hell of a start. George, you can absolutely put your your Canterbury rugby hat on here. You, you must be pretty pleased with a with a start like that. Oh, I, th- I think just the way that they played was the key part for me. Just the attitude, the want to go forward, the ambition. I know you're just talking with Billy there and talked about Fergus Burke lo- loving a long range try. Just that little snipe down the. Uh, short side and then he just carried on you know there were three or four times that Manawatu could have tackled him but he just kept going and I think that's the sort of attitude that if we can carry on from a wider Canterbury perspective if they can take their attitude into every game going forward well you know it's a great place to start from it almost doesn't well the results always matter but it almost doesn't matter to, to a degree as long as you're playing with that sort of attitude you'll be there at the end of 80 minutes for sure. It's got to be a pretty exciting team to be part of as well for some of the some of the youngsters. They've come off the New Zealand under twenty side. They're into the Canterbury NPC team for the for the first time and, and the chance to rub shoulders with you know Willie Hines, Owen Franks, but but a lot of the team have had a lot of experience in in that area. Oh, I think the key part is there's a lot of guys now that are third, fourth, and fifth year in that sort of space. Like even you talk about a guy like Fergus Burke that probably hasn't played a heap of Super Rugby, got a lot of caps, but done a lot of training. You know, they've they've been there for three or four years now. Uh, even you know, Dallas McLeod, uh, Isaiah Ponyvai would have started. I think they might have had a wee touch of COVID or something through the. Uh, there guys the other day so missed out on getting an, another start but those guys have been around the camp for three or four years now um, and they are just really ready for this level of rugby um, and really want to get out there and, and you know do Canterbury proud in that space uh, but yeah I mean Will Golter come on wasn't expected to start at the start of the week comes and you know scores a try sets up another one he scored three against Otago the other day uh, he has some, some pretty fun loving guys out there at the moment that can uh, certainly play some footy that's for sure Now someone else who feels that they are more than ready for, for the next level up, the next step up. It is Razor Robertson. His comments coming out in the media recently around he's ready to do the job. He, he's keen to win a World Cup with two international teams. Jordan, uh, do you think comments fair to make or, or is he really just piling on a little bit of unnecessary pressure on on the New Zealand uh, New Zealand side, New Zealand coaching staff and, and maybe the NZRU as well? Look, in my opinion, I say good on him. I mean, he has been as loyal as they come. He's watched now basically all of his assistants follow their international, you know, coaching ambitions. Uh, Ronan O'Gara, then Andrew Goodman, and now obviously Jason Ryan. And I feel like Jason Ryan really was the straw that broke the camel's back in this case, Frankie, and the fact that Razor has been sticking around. He's waiting for that chance. What more does he have to do? He's made it very clear that's what he wants to do. Um, and I, you'll notice, like, he, he made those comments about wanting to have two World Cups on an international podga- podcast overseas in Europe. He hasn't spoken to any media here. It's not like he's going around and dishing out interviews to everyone in New Zealand and getting our, our print running. So, look, he, he chose one podcast, and, of course, that podcast went out widely. So I feel like good on him. I mean, what more does he have to do? Yeah, it feels a bit like that, to be fair. Do you think, George, there's there's still a little hint of a chance that actually if this South African tour goes poorly for the All Blacks, it might actually be enough to get Razor into the top job? 
I think in that space, the, the, the court of public opinion will certainly be calling for more change if nothing goes right in South Africa, that's for sure. Whether it is Razor that gets it or not, like um, you obviously got uh, Smith around the group. And equally, does Razor actually want to walk into something like that at the moment where things aren't quite going right and then have to sort of jimmy things up a little bit? Uh, the other thing that probably gets me a little bit is that there's, there's a lot of players that are actually missing within that moment. You know, one of the best probably sevens for me last year was um, was Blackadder. He's not there. You know, obviously Brody's not there. There's a number of players that I think would be good in that All Blacks team that aren't there at the moment. So it's piling pressure on to, to Fozzie and the rest of them at the moment. But yeah, would Razor want it at this moment? I'm not sure. I'm not actually 100% sure or whether they can do kind of like a Band-Aid solution and maybe give it to Smith for a while and then say to Razor, we We'll, we'll, we'll appoint you, but then you can maybe have it in 12 months and go and plan and do all the things you need to for maybe after the World Cup might actually be a better solution than just jumping in, getting in there, and then not maybe getting the results that they need or want, and then all of a sudden he's you know operating with one hand um, tied behind his back or all that sort of thing from a public perspe- perception as well. Yeah, fair, fair call. Very fair points there. We're going to move to the Com games now. I love them. I have been absolutely so invested in these Commonwealth games. Maybe it's on the back of New Zealand's success. I don't know. But I have watched possibly every sport there is to watch in it. But what I want to know, is there still a place for them? It's, it seems that there's a few athletes that have skipped out on them, that, that they come down the, down the line in terms of world events that they're trying to peak for. Is there still a place, Jordan, for, for the Commonwealth Games? Well, yeah, look, I think it's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, the likes of Hayden Wilde, Anton Cooper, all of our track cyclists, there's a lot of sports where they're racing for international outfits who are paying them and the world circuits for them and those clubs mean more than the Commonwealth Games. I know a lot of those athletes are put in a really tricky position having to go back and tell their their clubs or the, the units they race, race for to say, sorry, you need to fit in Commonwealth Games here because I need to go. I think there's absolutely a place for them. It has to happen. It's such a special event. But I think it needs to be built in a lot more with other athletes' schedules because I think, like we've seen um, with cricket, Frankie, and players saying it's just too much, I think we risk that with a lot of athletes now in terms of the pressure that's on them to fit everything in in one go. So I think there's absolutely a place. It just has to be managed yeah, absolutely. There's been a little bit of chatter from Grant Robinson as well that there's maybe some discussion happening that, that perhaps now with a multi-city model, maybe New Zealand could host again. Who knows? But anyway, it's been great talking to you both, being able to pick your brains over all the issues going on in Canterbury sport and sport in general. It has been wonderful to have your company and we'll speak again soon. Well, that's it. We got there. We got to the end. The first ever Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner in the bank. Thank you so much for your time listening along. It's been an awesome morning chatting Canterbury Sport. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Check out Frankie's Five. Let me know what you think. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be back same time, same place, bringing you all the news from the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Centre. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.